This is Calm and Cozy, episode 72. You're listening to the Calm and Cozy podcast, a show about learning to love sleep, focusing on rest, finding relief from insomnia, and making time for self-care. I'm your host, Sleep Coach Beth. Hi, I'm happy you're here. If this is your first time listening to the Common Cozy podcast, welcome. I'm Beth. And in addition to being an insomnia and self-care coach, I'm a happily child-free artist, a crocheter of winter woolies, I'm painfully introverted, hopelessly low-maintenance, annoyingly creative, and the author of the Common Cozy Book of Sleep. This episode is about the Enneagram, a really cool method of personality typing. Marissa Odd is my guest today, and she's an Enneagram coach. So in the next hour, Marissa's going to share how to figure out which type you are, how you can manage stress, and a few ways each of the nine types can practice self-care. But before we get started, let's find out about today's sleepy sponsor. This podcast is brought to us by Sleep Crown Over the Head Pillows. Wait, what? I've discovered this pillow that goes over my head and it's both comfy and effective. It's called the Sleep Crown and it was designed by a yoga teacher who discovered that gentle pressure over the head relaxes your whole body for sleep. Don't worry, there's plenty of space for breathing. The Sleep Crown pillow insulates you from ambient disruptions by blocking out light and a surprising amount of sound. The Sleep Crown works well for both back sleepers and side sleepers, and it's indescribably soft. And I don't know why, but when I snuggle it over my head, I am out like a light. To check it out, go to sleepcrown.com and enter my coupon code SLEEPCOACHBETH in all caps for a $10 savings plus free US shipping on the classic or traveler styles. Okay, let's begin. So tonight, I'm very excited to introduce my listeners to Marissa Odd. Marissa and I have known each other for decades. We knew each other when we were like young teenagers, probably. Oh, yeah. And and then we reconnected over Instagram, and we both are entrepreneurs and have our own businesses. And I wanted to get her on here for two reasons. She is an Enneagram coach, and I love the Enneagram and When I found out my number, I became obsessed with it, and I wanted to get her on here to talk to us about um, self-care and rest and applying those things to your uh, unique gifts and talents and personality and everything. It's also like nine o'clock at night here, so I usually don't speak well at this time. So I'm glad I'm that you're going to <laughs> be the smart one in this, in this interview because I'm the one who's just kind of meh. Yes. And then also we are going to do two episodes because Marissa also has been diagnosed with narcolepsy and has been living with this for years. So I want her to talk to us about both things, but I don't want to rush either. So that's why we're going to do uh, Enneagram tonight and then we'll do narcolepsy on another night. So Sounds welcome. Good. Welcome Thank to Calm you. and Cozy. Thank you for having me. It's so <laughs> fun. 
<laughs> yeah, it's um, it's been a wild ride with Enneagram stuff, and I just kind of like, I don't know. I guess I jumped on board uh, the train, so to speak, of <laughs> of the Enneagram craziness. Um, <clears throat> probably just as it was taking off, um, I had been very anti assessment, if I can mm-hmm. say that, personality assessment, um, just with different um, corporate experiences I had been in. Um, a lot of times, unfortunately, personality assessments are great, but a lot of times um, offices will try to, you know, use assessments to negotiate roles or hmm. pigeonhole people, which all of us hate, right? <laughs> no matter what your type, nobody yeah. wants to be like boxed in a corner. Right. So I was a little bit uh, resistant to try a new um personality thing. But uh, my husband was actually the one who persisted um, trying to get me to read this book with him. He He's a big reader and sometimes gets like pre-release copies of things. And so he <laughs> hears about these books before they're coming. But anyway, he knew that there was this really great book coming. He wanted me to read it with him and that it was really going to be awesome. And what I misunderstood about the Enneagram is that it's not just um, a personality typing system. It's, it's really not that at all. It's more of a growth tool um, mm-hmm. because you can have um, two people with the very same number or type, as we like to say, and they can look so different. They can be introverted versus extroverted. Um, it really depends. Your your number can express so differently. So so I like that part. And mm-hmm. I like um, the spiritual growth path that you can utilize if you want. And uh, yeah, very, very unique. So I guess that's a little bit of background how I got started with it. Um, you didn't ask that, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that you just launched into that because that's, no, you did it so gracefully. You did it. That was way better than I could have done. Because I have done that whole like, so do you want to give us a little intro into who you are and what you do? And yours is just so much better oh I, man I feel like I've been doing this for so many years and I still feel brand new <laughs> oh no I think you have the perfect podcast voice it's just so good yes yeah, I love low, it low and masculine nope <laughs> that's not no, what you meant okay <laughs> which is very calm and yeah it's mm-hmm. good I like it yeah thank you But um, yeah, I don't know what else you want me to add to that as far as getting started (laughs) went, but I I just kind of dove deep with books, 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 Mm. books. And then Mm -hmm. I was like, I would really like, people started asking me like, because Mm. they knew I was super interested in this and had read a lot. A lot of the books, I don't have them in front of me right now, but a lot of them are like textbooks um, once you get past the initial um, understanding your type and stuff. So Um, I thought, man, I really love helping people find their type. And I just like, I've always loved helping people. So (laughs) I got certified and, um, and I, at the same time I was doing my master's in human services counseling. So it just, it really folded in really nicely. They let me use that for some of my work. (laughs) Well, I had a break over Christmas and (laughs) I don't know that it is part of my type. Like, I'm just like, yes, all of it. I'll do it now. (laughs) So yeah so okay Uh, so so how about we start by telling people how they can find out their type or their number you just call it a type right 
Yeah, or number. Either one is fine. Is there just a um, quick test they can like go to a website and find out, and then they can come back here, and then they can listen now that they know their number, their type? They can, yes. Okay. <laughs> um, I am on – there are definitely different opinions on this, but okay. I am somewhat on – on the opinion that tests aren't super accurate. Okay. Um, because when you're self-assessing in a short amount of time, mm. um, a lot of your, um, you bring the sort of, however your day went, whether it was okay. a terrible day or a good day, you kind of bring that to the table. And a lot of people sit there at the computer and they're trying to answer and they're saying, come help me answer these questions because they, <laughs> they can't think like, am I at work when I answer these questions? Am I on vacation? Mm. Like it's, oh, it depends. Okay. Did you find that? Did you take a test or anything? The first time I did and actually it told me I was a different number. Okay. Really related to that, but introverted seven. Like, mm -hmm. and I was applying the things that sevens are to um, how I am like with creative projects or mm -hmm. like how I'm multi-passionate, mm -hmm. but I was kind of looking at that and going, well, yeah, that's all of that is me, except I'm not the extrovert who's going out into the world needing adventure. Mine is like my internal project, like my creative projects are yes. my adventure. And yes. I, I was thinking, well, oh, that makes complete sense. And then when I looked into it further and looked at all of the types, I was like, no, I, that's almost embarrassing that I thought I was that because I am a four. Like I am so, like I deeply connect with four and yeah. have found that over the last year or so in my business that I'm four all the way. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. So I would say, first of all, it definitely depends on the type of test you take. Mm. Um, it's not the worst place to start. I will say that. I don't, there's no like shaming happening for people who take tests and multiple times because most people do. But if you're going to take a test, I would recommend taking the RETI, which is R-H-E-T-I. Mm -hmm. It's about $12. Okay. And that I say <laughs> it's cheaper than the cost of a pedicure, right? So, I mean, personal wellness, yeah. yes. That's you two have this Starbucks forever. latte. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> or a book on sale. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Just <laughs> but um, yeah. So yeah, I would go for that. It's the most traditional and comprehensive as far as the questions are phrased. The phrasing of the questions are very important. Okay. Um, second of all, when you answer the questions, and I'm sorry to go on about how to take a test, but it is, it is <laughs> critical. <laughs> um, when you take the test, keep one frame of mind or one, say you wear different hats, like you're soccer mom and corporate and you love going on vacation all the time. So that can be confusing when you go to answer the questions. Keep one hat on the entire test. Okay. So what I mean by that is if you want to think of yourself like your true self at home, stay in the home zone. Don't okay. flip flop back to like work and home and all that. Stay in one lane and uh, just answer all the questions from start to finish that way. And then if you want to take it again in a different light, like that's totally up to you, but that's, <laughs> that is going to give you the most accurate results. Okay. Um, another thing to keep in mind is if you're really stuck, answer the questions um, the way that you would when you were like, 
21, 22, like you're an adult, but you don't have all the responsibilities of mm-hmm. the things that we take on, you know, later in life. <laughs> and, um, and that helps as well, because I think there are ways that we've learned to cope without knowing our type or knowing the Enneagram or any, any ways of growth, just by experience and, and the nature of getting older, you know? <laughs> so I think that's really helpful as well. So that's a lot about tests, but my favorite way to learn or the, the way I recommend the most mm-hmm. um, about the Enneagram and all the types is to read. That is, okay. it really is the best way. Even if you can get an audiobook. Um, listening to podcasts helps because you can hear all kinds of different people being interviewed who are different types and that will really help you a lot. Um, and then if you, you know, you want to take a test for fun just to kind of confirm what you know, but it's really important. It's different than MBTI in the, in the fact that uh, you can get different results every single time, mm-hmm. depending on what kind of day you had. Did you take it at 10 o'clock at night or did you take it in the middle of a group of people or so anyway, yeah, lots of, lots of different variables there, but, um, and then obviously, you know, bringing your results to somebody who knows how to read because you'll get from the reti a result that is like your top two numbers are these, and then you'll have all kinds of numbers below it. And so giving those like giving your results to a coach or somebody who's very skilled in the Enneagram um, is helpful because there's, yeah, there's different ways that you can uh, get the wrong results. (laughs) So, and then there's like wings or something, isn't there? There are wings. Yeah. There's wings and there's also arrows. And um, so say you had a very stressful day you could, for me, I'm a seven. And when I'm stressed, I actually move to one. And Hmm. so if I were to take a test when I was like the day before going on vacation, I would for sure come out as a one because (laughs) that is like the worst day for me ever. Like I'm just like panic city. Everything has to be like, yeah, very, very particular. So all these things, yeah, they're variables. But if you can give yourself just like a lot of grace to learn about the Enneagram slowly, because it's not a, um, I keep saying MBTI, but not to dismiss that validity, it's it's very valid. But um, it's not a one and done thing. It is sort of a journey of knowledge and understanding. And then you'll have these moments where you're just driving along, you're like, oh my goodness, I never understood why I did that. And like, it's just (laughs) starting to come together. So it's sort of a slow build of -hmm. understanding. And some people know their type right away. As soon as, as soon as they know the Enneagram, they, they know automatically what they are, but for Mm -hmm. others, it takes longer. And I would say the majority of us, it takes longer. So just give yourself grace to even get the wrong number. I actually thought Mm -hmm. I was a three for like the better part of a year. Yeah. Oh, I'm so like, sorry. I know it's embarrassing, but you know, like you're like, I'm a three, I'm a three. And then you're not at all. So yeah, it's, yeah. Just have grace, have open hands as you're learning all the types and just know that like we all get it wrong sometimes. So yeah. Do you think it's helpful to, to have like your partner figure it out for you? Cause I think I'm pretty sure that I know what Jake is just because I know these things that he probably 
doesn't really realize about himself. So I can look at him and be like, you're so a nine. But you know what? And he laughs at me too about it. He's like, I know, I'm a nine. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> so, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it, I think it's really the most useful in a marriage or a close relationship. Mm. It really okay. is because there are ways in which we interact and have habitual mm. conflict. I don't know about you, but I know for my husband and I, we typically, if we have an argument, it's it's basically the same argument we've been having since we were married, um, just a different iteration of it. And essentially that's what we do with a lot of the conflict in our life. It's something that we just have not been able to get over. And a lot of times it has to do with your type. So yes, it's very, very good to involve somebody, you know, your closest, whether that's a partner or a mate or a spouse. Yes, definitely. Um, do it together if you can. But I would caution against typing because um, the funny thing about the Enneagram, and this is what makes it sort of a long process to figure out, is that you can't um, type yourself or anybody else based off of behavior. Hmm. I'll say that again. You can't type anybody based off of behavior. So characteristics that you would typically see of, we'll use the nine, for example, like um, maybe lethargic or they often call a nine a sloth, like slow to get started. Um, things that that a type would do mm-hmm. um, are not always accurate. It's actually- okay, good, because I don't want Jake to listen to this and be like, you think I'm lazy? <laughs> like, no, not at all. Well, yeah. No, um, nines are the peacemaker. They are awesome. Yes, that's it. Yes. <laughs> the very best type. But uh, <laughs> no, it's- <laughs> It is about the core motivation or the okay. core fear. So what are you trying to avoid? Well, nines are constantly trying to avoid conflict. Um, they don't want to disturb the peace. So the way that that expresses could be different for like every single mm. nine, right? Mm. So it's it's super hard to do to like pick apart. It's like pulling threads really. Like, is this a behavior or is this like a core desire? You really mm. have to like pray about it, meditate about it, like just mm. let it sink in because it's it's not about the characteristics or the behaviors that we often see with the types. And sometimes um, with like just seeing what we see on Instagram, there is a lot of that. Like you'll see memes about TV shows or characters and things like that. And those are hilarious. Like I love anything funny. I love it, but it's not, it doesn't really represent what the Enneagram is used for. If we're talking about best techniques and tips for the different types to, to rest or relax, um, prioritize self-care, is it different for every single type or is there's lots of overlap with the different types? Um, It's um, it is and it isn't. I, that's not a very good answer. But what happens Well, it wasn't is, a good question, so don't worry. <laughs> no, it, it is. I have been thinking about this. But um, it kind of goes down a few layers of the Enneagram. Okay. So when you know your core type, the second thing you want to do is figure out your arrows. And I kind of referred to that before. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's types that you move to or numbers that you move to oh, okay. in, um, in growth and stress. 
And these are yeah, like subconscious yet. moves. Okay. They're like really, we're not aware. It's just the way that we behave in stress. So maybe you can think of a time. So you're a four. I am. Solidly a four. Um, so your type would move to um, a two in stress and a okay. one in growth. Um, should I run down through the numbers just to kind of give a quick overview of each type or? Sure. Okay. I want you to and, do whatever you want to do. Okay. Well, <laughs> if somebody is brand new and they've never yeah. heard anything about the Enneagram, which yeah. there's a lot out there right now, but, um, so we've got the one who their core desire is to improve things. They're often known as the perfectionist, uh, but ones would never align themselves with that name because they don't ever think of what they do is perfect enough. So hmm. when I say, how about, do you see yourself as an improver? You walk into a room and you like to improve the space. They will say, yes, I can, <laughs> I can agree to that. So ones, yeah, uh, they're the improvers. Um, they typically have an inner critic that is very loud that never shuts off until they go to sleep just kind of telling them to straighten up or, you know, do this, do that. Like just a voice um, that is constantly berating them. Two is known as the helper and they um, just are the most servant hearted or giving uh, type on the Enneagram. They often think of other people's problems more than uh, their own goals or personal um aspirations. Um, they're just very, very giving. They're the, often the people who will help you, you know, when you're like feeling flustered at the grocery store, or just like a random stranger, you know, comes and just knows how to help you. Often that is a two. They just see the needs of others immediately. It's just automatic for them. Three is the uh, successful achiever and they uh, just want to win. They want to appear successful. They want to be successful. Um, they're, um, yeah, they're often like the one who can work the room and, um, really make lasting friendships that they don't, they don't even know they're doing it, but they're consummate networkers. Uh, but success is a really big deal to threes. Fours are, um, the individualist or the romantic and they like to um, stand out in a crowd. They typically do not want to align with like uh, status quo. They want something very different and um, extraordinary. Um, why don't, do you, do you have anything else that comes to mind? How would you describe being a four? <laughs> yeah, the, like the finding the purpose, like finding my one yes. thing that I bring to the world. Yes. Yes. And that's why my book was, is such a huge accomplishment for me because I felt like that was my, like I found my calling kind of thing. Mm -hmm. so. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, that's, I'm so glad you mentioned that because fours do have that longing to like have that massive significance mm -hmm. to bring to the table. And it's, it's really important. Um, it sounds sometimes like three, but it's, it's different and, <laughs> um, uh, very nuanced, but mm -hmm. five is uh, known as the observer and, um, they are very driven individuals. Um, they 
like to study. They consume information. So if uh, fours like to um, experience and consume feelings and, and um, expressions, um, fives consume information. They're so uh, drawn by learning and, and, you know, consuming information. So <laughs> they, um, they're known as, yeah, the observer. Um, six is known as the loyalist or the guardian, devil's advocate. <laughs> they see what's coming on the horizon and they feel very um, responsible for the safety of a group or a family unit or an office or they're just very much like a a superhero waiting in the wings like if called upon or if there's a vacuum of power they will rise up and take command because they're always looking out for danger always looking out for what could go wrong um so that can express lots of different ways as well seven is known as the enthusiast um and they are constantly trying to fill that um not bottomless pit I wouldn't say, but like just this um, need to be satisfied, need to uh, find total contentment. And um, it can often look like um, a person who is just like bouncing around from different careers. Um, and again, that is a behavioral thing, but it is, it does ring true for a lot of sevens. Most sevens have had a varied experience uh, career path. And I, that is true for me, but, um, sevens love, love, a, a party or, um, any type of social gathering. Um, a lot of times sevens and fours do get mixed up, but, mm. um, the big thing to remember with that is that, um, sevens crave experiences and they are very emotionally repressed. Whereas fours, um, crave connection, um, emotional experience, like how can we make this even deeper or, or darker or <laughs> lovelier, you know, and sevens are more like, let's just have fun. Um, <laughs> if it gets uh, boring or sad or hard, that is what is going to push a seven away from that experience. Um, they're not good at sitting with dark emotions at all. Um, okay. and eight. So I'm properly typed then. I believe so. Like when I, you yeah. said about the varied careers, like I've had 57 different career paths. So okay. there were definitely things about the seven that I was like, yes, that's me. But yeah, as you're saying that, I'm like, no. But, yeah. yeah. Not but everything will be exact. We're but complex people. There's a lot of, <laughs> we are. Yeah. There's a and lot of layers. There are. Yes. Fours have layers. Exactly. <laughs> what Shrek taught us. If he taught us anything. Okay, sorry, go on. We haven't even made it through nine. I can't shut up. I know. Okay. Two more to go. So eight is known as the commander or the boss or the chief. They really mm -hmm. like to be in charge. They they love control. They probably wouldn't phrase it that way. But if you ask an eight, like, how good are you at taking instruction? Um, they will often say, no, or like, I, I would much rather be in charge. Mm -hmm. um, so it's you know, sometimes these things are not things we can articulate ourselves, but um, yeah, they like to be in charge. They like big picture problems. So like problems that most of us feel like, well, that's a, that's a massive global problem. I will never be able to tackle that. Eights feel like, yeah, let's go, let's get it done. Um, and yeah, so nines are the peacemaker, like we discussed, and they are um, 
often found in like mediation type roles because they can um, see both perspectives without being biased. Um, they, yeah, they don't, they, it's almost like nines have like a glass top surface on a beautiful lake. We have some lovely lakes here in Alberta. <laughs> and I always like tell people about like, think of Lake Moraine or Lake Louise or just mm. a beautiful glass top surface, no ripples or anything. And a nine wants to keep it that way. <laughs> it's not that they just sit still and don't do anything. Most nines are very busy, um, like committed people. But there's typically one area of or aspect of their life that they would rather just leave leave it be, just leave it be for now, um, till I till it kind of can't be left alone anymore. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's um, that's a very brief overview of all nine types. But um, each one of those types would have three subtypes. Um, they could have a wing or both wings or no wings at all. And they have arrows, which are the types that you move to in growth and stress. So if anybody is listening and they're like, I just don't want to be typed. I don't want to be boxed in. (laughs) Um, Like that's the last thing I want to do. Um, They might be a four or (laughs) um, (laughs) they also just need to know that there are like 250 something variations Mm. of all of the types. So yeah, so nobody's really being boxed in. It's just kind of telling you where you already live, you know, it helps you, <laughs> helps you understand your perspective a little better. So, yeah. Um, but self-care for each type would really have to do with where that type goes in stress and growth. Mm. So maybe you could tell me, Beth, a little bit about like what it looks like for you um, when you become stressed, um, just like day to day kind of unexpected stress? I find that my first reaction is to retreat and nap or just like, I can't think about this right now. Um, And then I can regroup. So for me, it's just, it's the nap is the the chance to have a break and Mm -hmm. to not think about it for a minute or a couple minutes Um, and then get up. And now I'm ready to tackle this. But I think a lot of that has to do with like I'm a naturally happy, a joyful person. I choose to be happy. I don't want to live with the stress. Yes. So I feel like I have to take care of this. I have to do what I can do to get past it because I don't want it to weigh me down. But mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely somebody who's like in crisis. I freeze and I or I retreat and then <laughs> come back later. I'm like, okay, now I'm ready. Like fours are a withdrawing type. Um, fours, fives, and nines. They all sort of withdraw um, when it's too much or they just feel like overwhelmed and they could be extroverted or introverted. It doesn't mean that all fours, fives, and nines are introverted. Mm. My husband is a five and he's super extroverted, probably more (laughs) than I am, but um, he is definitely a five. And so that is just kind of beside the point. It's just sort of your impulse or your reaction to things. Um, Do you ever find yourself um, reaching out to a friend um, just to see how they're doing Mm. and maybe hoping that they'll ask you how you're doing? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Really? (laughs) You are 
care for. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I, I want connection when I'm yes. going through something, sure. but I, I don't want to, um, I don't want to inconvenience anybody. So I think the thing is like, I want to just start the conversation with you because I really am interested in how you're doing of course, because I'm yeah. also thinking maybe you need someone to reach out to you right now. But then I also do need you to ask me because, so I can unload, like, so I can send you a scrolling text message. It takes nine screens to scroll through. <laughs> it's like, hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Do you have an hour? <laughs> Oh, that's so good. That's so good because that is exactly what happens to fours in stress. <laughs> they move to two and they become very mm. concerned with others and mm. um, connection like you described perfectly. Um, that, is, that is what they do. They move to one in growth, but sometimes um, when you're with your people, so maybe your mom, and I love your mom so much. <laughs> Mom's and, amazing. Uh, <laughs> Hi, mom. <laughs> and, you know, what's your husband's name? Jake. Jake. Maybe Jake and maybe like your best friend or something mm -hmm. or your brother. I don't know. But like your closest people have mm -hmm. seen you go to the bottom of one. Um, and that that happens to all of us. It's kind of this unexpected, like saving the best for last kind of thing or saving the best for the people we love the most. Um, <laughs> we all kind of go to the bottom of our growth type. Um, when we're, when we feel we're in a secure enough place that they're not going to, you know, abandon us. Mm. Um, and so the bottom of one could look like being, you know, overly critical of uh, the way things are done or of others. Um, it could be just really needing um, to control a small space or a task. Um, yeah, it could look a lot of different ways, but that's not the everyday stress. That's like really, it's really raining all kinds of problems, you know, like very rarely, but, um, does any of that resonate for you or not really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I also so, tend to absorb the stress around me, the people that I love the most. Oh yeah. Like yeah. I don't even have anything to be stressed about, but I'm stressed because like the They're people that I love the most are stressed. So now it's my stress. Absolutely. <laughs> and that has a lot to do with being a four and just Mm. always keeping that connection in mind. Like it's almost just like osmosis. Like it's really, it's going to happen because twos, threes, and fours are in the heart triad. And, um, you have access to both, of course, four, which is always feeling, always constantly aware of how you're feeling, but two, um, going to two for you is, is feeling what others are feeling. And, and, I think it's really important to know your arrows because you know what you have access to and you kind of, hmm. you can articulate what's happening in these moments that you're like, I don't know why I do that. Like, you know, <laughs> we all have those moments. Like, why did I just freak out and hide for five hours? I don't know. Um, it, it's a really good conversation to have with someone you love. But <laughs> yeah. So I think um, once you can articulate what is happening to you in stress, then you practice healthy behaviors around those types. If you're a one, 
um, ones are typically very committed to um, their work and um, what's set in front of them, um, their family. It's very hard for a one to rest. And um, so two things for a one. A one needs, because they move to four in stress and seven in growth. And it's really hard for a one to be spontaneous, um, typically. So a one is someone who, if they've been called to a meeting and they see uh, a line on the agenda that didn't get addressed, they feel as though that's a lie on the page. So being spontaneous and pivoting is really difficult for a one. So that move to seven is not, uh, it is like, it's not really on their radar. So what I would say to ones is that they need to schedule time off or, you know, obviously our travel is a little different now, but scheduling uh, a break in advance. So, because they will always do what's needed of them. If they're called, they'll always keep going without resting. And then also that move to four is really important for ones because um, they do tend to like um, retreat if, if they're, feeling upset or um, somebody has come and maybe said something negative, they, they want to retreat. So practice retreating on purpose, like have a creative hobby that you do just you that doesn't require um, like rigid routine. It can be very expressive, like painting, um, painting's really good for ones, um, just something very soothing that doesn't that nobody's going to critique, just something for themselves. Okay. For twos, um, because twos are so others focused, they move to um, four and eight in stress. And so twos have a really hard time saying no. Ones have a little bit of a hard time, twos have a really hard time <laughs> saying no and setting boundaries. Um, and often the people who suffer the most are the family members and the very close friends of twos. Um, so, what I often tell to twos is to block out time on their calendar that cannot be interrupted from um, other like requests or, or people needing them to do things because they will always say yes. So block <laughs> it out in advance and just know that that time is sacred to do whatever you want. It doesn't have to be family time. It can be personal time, but then also, um, I mentioned this earlier, but to spend a lot of time thinking about the needs of others and the problems of others that if they would just do this, maybe it could be accomplished this way. And they literally spend, um, a, like I would say 80% of their thought life is directed towards the problems of others. So just a simple practice of, um, you know, your drive home from work, or if you're working from home right now, um, taking, you know, 15 minutes out of your day, maybe at the end of the day, and just writing down some thoughts, some um, about what you would like to do with your future, or, um, or maybe you like to journal, or create a dream board, something that has to do with your own dreams and plans, um, and not other people's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and threes, um, they, um, are very driven types. They're part of the aggressive triad. So they just, that doesn't mean that they're like, wow, like scary people <laughs> at all. It's just, they kind of come at life. Like they know what they want and they know how to get it. Um, they move to, um, nine in stress and six in growth. And so, um, 
self-care for a three often looks like um, just when you're home being present and enjoying that. Um, because what often happens with a three is they're known as like the workaholics on the Enneagram. <laughs> They'll just keep going, going, going till they reach their goal. And at any cost, and typically the cost is their health. So really being intentional about when I'm home, I'm resting. And if you work from home, then taking time out of your day to just be present, to not accomplish anything, but just to be like fully aware of your humanness. And, you know, I, I, it's probably used way too much, but we're not human doings, we're human beings and just kind of being okay with not doing anything, even, even for a whole day, that would be the goal, just not accomplishing anything for one day. And then also um, just going to six, inviting other people into the process of your decision-making is really critical for threes and just, um, yeah, threes can make decisions very, very quickly um, without um, others being aware of it. So inviting others into the process and just having that conversation is really, really critical. Um, and stop me if I'm going too fast. <laughs> no. Okay. So fours, um, we talked about that a little bit, but just setting time aside, um, you know, creating a rhythm in your week, like on purpose, um, fours can often are very comfortable with just, you know, pivoting if you will, and just being ready, you know, to be with people or do a task. But a lot of times fours can uh, become overwhelmed with the amount of projects they have on the go. Because, um, you know, it's a little bit misleading. Not all fours are creatives. They are creative in their own way, but not in the way that that word is used. They're not all poets and potters and, you know, <laughs> painters. Um, they are innovators. And that's the way I like to describe them because they could be, you know, innovating with numbers or science or something, but they mm. are able to take something that we see as very plain and formless and create beauty out of it. And um, that is just the unique perspective that a four has on things. So a lot of times they, fours have the ability to see solutions for people all over the place. Like, so they have ideas and people come to them because they're good at connecting and all of a sudden they've committed to a ton of things. Oh it feels very overwhelming. <laughs> like, ah. And so what often happens is like it's a deck of cards and they just clear the decks and okay. like it all comes tumbling down. So um, just being aware of like, yes, I, I am an innovator and I know people like need my help but I only have capacity for this much. And so creating that rhythm in your week is so critical knowing like, here's where my best time is. Mm. And like, as you know, a sleep coach, you would know this better than anybody. Here's where my best hours are. And after that, I have to say, no, it doesn't right. matter how good the idea is <laughs> <laughs> and making right. time for connections. So you have those people built into your calendar that are going to ask you the hard questions like how are you really doing without you having to feel like you're being needy because everybody needs that you know mm. and and fours especially need that point of connection so um yeah so that's what i would say for fours um fives they move to um seven in stress and eight in growth and this was a really 
kind of hilarious realization for Phil and I, because like I said, Phil's a five. And when he gets stressed, he actually gets kind of like hyper and like interjecting with all these like random one-liners. And, (laughs) you know, maybe me and the kids are having a real, you know, real discussion. Like I'm giving them directions. (laughs) And he's chiming in with these one-liners and I'm like, what is going on with you? But when fives get stressed, they actually get like jokey and fun, like more fun. Um, it's a really weird thing that happens. We all, we all assume that everybody does the same things when they're stressed, but we all do different things. So for fives, I would say, because they're so comfortable being um, often alone to study, um, fives often have like a secret office, like an office within an office. And that is a creepy thing for most fives. They don't even know they do that. Like they'll have an office and then a closet or they have an office, but they have this secret cafe they like to go to where they won't be interrupted. Like it's really bizarre how fives just do that without even knowing it's a thing. But fives need adventure. They need to think like a seven and like have some moments of like spontaneity um, fives often love solo sports because whatever they do, they like to kind of be the master of, they like to really like own it. And so in that way they can look like a three cause they can look a little competitive, but it's always the solo sports. They want to be able to rehearse or practice or, or perfect something alone. And, um, so they need adventure, but they need it with people. Um, really thinking like a seven and just having those experiences that will inspire them. They also go to eight. Um, so just, you know, really finding ways that they can deliver. Um, fives often resist releasing what they know or w- whatever they've been working on. It's really hard for them to release it because there's always one more book they could read before they're ready. But really thinking like an eight and just kind of giving it away winging it, going for it, and just like taking command. Um, That's really good for uh, five if they can do that. So I know not all of these have to do with rest, but when Mm -hmm. we think of like a five who is very comfortable being home alone with slippers on and reading a book, I mean, like all of that sounds very sleepy to me, (laughs) but but rejuvenation is the goal for the five, Mm -hmm. right? For example. And that's what going out for like a crazy hike, like my husband did like a 12 kilometer hike. He had to like crawl up. And that was like the best thing that could have happened to him. It totally rejuvenated him. And so that's very common for fives. They just need that like adventure. Um, For sixes, they move to, um, gosh, my brain is, oh, they go to three (laughs) in stress. You know what? You can make it up and we don't know. Somebody will find out. <laughs> They'll be like, she's wrong. Um, who does she think? Sixes go to three in stress. And so what's really interesting is that um, people in the heart triad are often verbal processors. They need to talk about their feelings to kind of work it out. And um, sixes are in the head triad. They're always thinking, thinking, thinking. Um, they're always aware of their surroundings. They see the route you're about to trip on before you trip on it. Um, like they're just, their brain is working overtime, but when they become stressed, they actually move into that three space. And, um, I often sit, like if I'm meeting with a six and I think they're a six and we're trying to narrow it down, I'm like, do you get mouthy when you're stressed? 
Yes, I do. <laughs> Again, that's behavioral. But what happens to a, a six going to three in stress is that they, they are verbally processing their frustration with somebody else. And so that can often look like, you know, maybe a little bit of office gossip or like a rant or a soapbox, you know, just somebody really needing to unload. And it might not be pretty, um, but it really helps a six find that. So I think, you know, just finding healthy ways of, of verbally processing your frustrations, maybe that's something you need to do daily. Um, it's really, really important. And I think all of these things, like the things that stress us out are the things that rob us of sleep. Mm. Um, yeah. That's, I don't know. They can, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm not yeah. And when we're stressed, <laughs> we don't, yeah. When we're stressed, we don't take care of ourselves properly. Um, right. Like somebody that I work with in my day job. Um, when he's stressed out, he's not sleeping, eating, or working out. And I'm like, well, that's great. Those are the three things you should be doing when you're stressed <laughs> out. That's what your body needs. And those yes. are the things he doesn't do. Right. So. Yeah. No, it's, I think it's kind of critical. So, yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's really important for a six. But then also, like, a six often, um, when they're at home, it's so strange talking about <laughs> these things, working from home, working, you know, in the office. I know we have a mixture of both out there. So mm. I'll just speak as if things are normal, mm. but mm-hmm. <laughs> um, sixes often feel as though when they get home at the end of the day, they cannot rest until they've earned it. So because they're stressed, they'll often move right into chores. Like they're the ones who just love knocking things off the list and getting things done around the house. And then maybe, maybe if there's time, they might sit down on the couch and eventually fall asleep, just be so exhausted. Um, But really, you know, embracing that nine aspect and just loving being home, like finding a day or a moment where you can just really love your cozy spot you know, and, and be present again. That's what nine is all about. Just really being here in this moment and hearing the people around you. Um, for sevens, they go to one and five. And so for me, what that looks like is if, because I'm, uh, there's a few types that are repressed, uh, feeling and seven is actually the most (laughs) repressed feeling. I'm so Um, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's not that we don't feel things. I'm a four. I want to connect with you. (laughs) (laughs) This is how I knew I was a seven and not a three. Uh, but they're really good with the like neutral to happy emotions, but like frustration, stress, sad, dark, angry, you know, all those things we're really going to try to avoid. So for me, I'm, you know, decompressing while I'm folding laundry. That's like a very one thing to do. And I'm the one who has to do it because it's like a small thing that I can control. And that's how I actually process what I'm feeling. Um, Mm -hmm. Just doing those small tasks. Um, And then we also move to five and growth, which, um, you know, I, told you I did all this school in the past two years. And that is like a massive accomplishment to me because, <laughs> well, I do have narcolepsy, but <laughs> also I've hated school my whole life. You know, I've never mm. been a very good student. And, um, and this was a real challenge for me to kind of sit when I needed to sit and focus, you know, focus for a seven can often be challenging. But anyway, um, that was a real growth move for, for me. 
but I find that I need to take a day in my week and really just um, do all the little things that start to um, creep into my mind or my day. I have a one day where I just like do all my little tasks on purpose. And then taking time to, you know, read and grow and, and retreat as well, because fives do retreat um, in solitude on purpose as well. Um, that really gives me more energy to be my real self, I guess you could say. But sevens are in the head triad. So it's turning off that thinking at night for me is really critical. But if I have like a really messy house, which I do right now, it's like the worst. <laughs> it's really going to creep into like my thought process. Um, so I think you just need to really take some time to be aware of like, what are the things that are just bugging me? And they might be small to you, but it might be a big deal to being your type, to whatever your type is. So for me, that's like little things around the house that maybe are out of order. I don't see them when I'm very calm and and focused. But when I'm stressed, all I see are the little things, like all the messes and everything. And that really affects my sleep. Uh, for eights, <clears throat> they go to two in um, uh, growth and five in stress. So a lot of times for eights, when they are um, really burnt out, they have a lot of drive. They have the most energy of any type on the Enneagram. But when they are just done, you'll often hear an eight say like things like, oh, I just hate people. I just hate people. I'm done. I hate people. Like, and they don't, right? They don't, but they're just <laughs> like, they've, they've, they've hit their wall and they've um, tapped out. So they might retreat and just be like abruptly leaving. Like nobody knows what happened or why they're upset, but they're just retreating because it's just, that's it. They've maxed out. And so it's really important to do these stress activities on purpose. So we know how to treat our stress in a healthy way. So we're not constantly like, you know, veering off into the ditch and just being like, oh, well, this is just who I am. I think there are ways that we can learn to like grow a little bit and it's not always going to be perfect. But I think if you know, like for, if you're an eight and you know that like just retreating and reading a book quietly is going to maybe help you breathe a little bit because you know that this day is going to be stressful tomorrow. So today I need to like, just do something healthy. Um, that's a really good, that's a really good practice for an eight. And then, you know, them going to two is reaching out and connecting with others and really taking time to hear their heart. Um, eights often don't have time for um, emotional conversation, but when they move to two, they have huge capacity for others. So doing that on purpose. And then um, nines, they move to um, three in stress and six in growth. So really just taking time to um, do something like, <laughs> that's a little bit out of your comfort zone. You know, a lot mm -hmm. of nines are actually very comfortable in the spotlight. Something happens to them when they're stressed and they're able to kind of take the microphone. You're like, who is this person? Who even <laughs> knew? You know, but I think like tapping into that, um, that stress type is going to be key. And if you have questions about like any of this stuff, you can certainly message me on Instagram, but, um, and all of this information is available at the Enneagram Institute, um, where you would take the RETI, the RH 
ETI okay. test. Um, if you just look at, you know, arrows or um, growth and stress types, you can even see how different types will interact with, um, you know, another type in relationship and see where mm. you might have conflict. It's really, really helpful. Cool. Uh, you know what? I did that um, once I figured out that I was pretty sure that Jake was a nine. So I Googled it and I was like, four and nine in relationships. It was very accurate. It's, it's really interesting how like it's kind of predictable. Um, mm. But I think we have a choice in it too. Like you yeah. can see where, you know, your rumble strips are going to come, but <laughs> you don't have to like, you don't have to like make a crazy, I don't know, big like to do about it. Like you can mm -hmm. actually learn. It's just like building a muscle at the gym. It's going to mm. be uncomfortable and it's going to be horrible for the first bit, but really practicing these reactions to stress and like, you can, mm. you can really change your behavior. Um, but first I think you have to know uh, where you're headed, right? So mm -hmm. knowing your type is, is the first place to start. Beautiful. This has been fun. Oh, good. <laughs> I don't, I don't want you to leave yet. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I will just say that like typically I would teach this layer by layer mm. over a course of 10 weeks. Yeah. So, so it's a yeah. lot of information. In it's like a lot hour. of information. Yeah. Right. And yeah. So I apologize if it's. No, that's why okay. I asked very early on. Um, how does someone find out their type? Because yeah. I really do want them to listen to this part once they know what type they are so that they can yes. relate to it and learn oh, from good. it. Good, yes. good. So how can people work with you? How can they connect with you online? Tell us all the goods. Yes. So um, the easiest way to connect with me is at Enneagram and you. Um, and, or if you're not on Instagram, you can email me at um, Enneagram and you at iCloud.com. And um, it's just me. So there's nobody <laughs> who's going to run interference. I'll get your email. Um, if you have questions or whatever, be glad to answer them. And if you, if you want to set up coaching sessions, we can work that out too. Nice. That's yeah. very cool. If, for example, if I wanted to work with you for coaching, what would that mm -hmm. look like? Quick, like just real quick. I know I have to let you go. Um, no, that's great. Yeah. Typically, I would get um, someone to send me their ready results. Um, and the first session, we would just kind of go through that and kind of see, you know, make sure you're the right type because we don't want to mm. do all this growth work and you're the wrong type. <laughs> it does happen. Oh. So, yeah. Um, so that would, we would just have an introductory um, session. And then if you wanted to continue, uh, I recommend that people meet with me at least five or six times, depending on your level of understanding of the Enneagram. And um, yeah, and you know, you can bring people into the session or it can be just you by yourself. Um, but it's a really, it's a really useful tool that you'll just continue to learn from. And I, I would say, especially for people who are in sort of a, at a crossroads in their life, they're maybe changing careers or relationships. Um, it's really helpful to know this stuff before you make your next move. So <laughs> glad to work with anybody. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like people in transition. Thank you oh, so much. Man. Thank you. Very interesting.
Thanks again, Marissa. It was really fun connecting with you and learning more about the Enneagram. Thank you for listening, my beautiful bedtime thinkers. I appreciate you more than you will ever know. Until next time, sleep well and stay cozy. And to my mom who listens to my podcast every night as she falls asleep. Good night, mama.